Hello and welcome to another episode of Sparked by Ignium. I'm Phil Rose, I'm your host. You can reach me at phil at igniumconsult.com. I'm always open for comments, open for suggestions, and also always looking for podcast guests. In this episode, I'm talking to my good friend, Adam Woods. Adam and I met in 2016 as part of the Hoffman process, where we went away for an eight-day retreat on the south coast of England. I say retreat, it goes into a lot more than that, and we'll explain a bit more about what that means as we go through. But in this show, I'd love you to just to listen to some of the thoughts Adam's got around confidence and how he's developed himself from being a filmmaker into a camera confidence coach over the last few years. Adam's got some insightful tips for you around the six elements which he believes help make up his process, which guide you into becoming more confident and getting your message across to people. We're going to talk about vulnerability and what it means to be vulnerable in front of a camera and behind a camera, as Adam found out, and how he learned to look through the lens in a different way to bring out the best in people as he moved forward. I know you're going to find out some top tips on this show. Drop me a note afterwards if anything you've learned and you want to learn more about. Here's Adam Woods. Thank you. Okay, so welcome back to the Sparks Wagonian podcast. This is Phil Rose. I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest. His name is Adam Woods. And I met Adam back in 2016. And when I met Adam, Adam was a filmmaker. And we're going to talk about a journey. And this journey is very much around filmmaker to coach. And that will expand a bit more as we talk through. Uh, but I met Adam on a specific retreat called the Hoffman Process back in 2016. And for any of you listeners who've been on Hoffman, you'll know, Hoffman, you'll know exactly what I mean. For those of you who haven't, I'm not going to divulge too much about it, except to say it's transformational. And that may seem strange coming from a coach, because I say everything's transformational if it works. But I believe Hoffman is transformational. So we're going to have a conversation now. We're going to talk about lots of different things. Um, and it's going to be very much a conversation. It's not scripted. This is me and Adam just talking about what going, what goes on, and where we are and how we are where we are today. So, Adam, welcome to the Sparks Wadian podcast. Fantastic. It's a confidence coach. Yeah, wonderful. Great to be here, um, Phil. And, you know, I love the idea of sparks. You know, this idea of and then Ignium obviously has got my sense of fire and, um, you know, let's let's see if we can create some sparks in the next hour and see what see what comes from them. Can fan, fan some flames for people. I like that. And, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, when, when we created that name Ignium, we, we wanted to create exactly that. And, and it's about it's about rekindling people's passion. Yeah. And you and I talked before this about, you know, is it for who listens to the podcast? And I said, you know, actually, I don't know who listens to it. Mm. But my intention is it's aimed at people, people who are running businesses, people who want to achieve more in their business life. But actually, you can't divorce business life from personal life. So it's that yeah. combination of the two. And Ignium is about doing that. It's about helping people rekindle the spark, power up their imagination, actually drive their businesses forwards in whatever way they can. So mm. that's, that's where we go with it. I love but, but that. I, I'm intrigued in your journey as well. You know, I mentioned just now you and I met 2016. I had to rack my brain thinking that. That's you know, that's five years five years ago, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, Amazing. absolutely. Uh, and, and you know that was the, the Hoffman process. And and before I went on the Hoffman retreat for a week, I had no idea what I was letting myself in for. Well, the the, the moniker or the tagline for the pro, the Hoffman process is if you're serious about change. And yeah. three or four of um, uh, of guys around me and my different sort of circles of of uh, of inspiration had done the Hoffman process separately and had talked about it. 
and I was in the middle of my what I call an anus horribilis, uh, a very difficult year, and it just felt like the right thing to do to go away for eight days. Uh, you're not allowed your phones. Uh, you you can tell people where you are, but they cannot contact you. Mm. Uh, and you're with a bunch of complete and utter strangers, <laughs> uh, going through some really seriously transformational. It's, it's an experiential retreat, and and we were roomies, weren't we? We were. We were. We were roomies. So um, you know, and, and that's not the poet. That's just the. Uh, that's that's sort of sharing a room in this quite and beautiful place. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you know we can talk about change a bit, but I think. For me, I knew that part of my old self was running out, the sort mm -hmm. of old identity. Are you talking about your audience, you know, is, but you're not quite sure who they are? Well, ultimately, you know, whatever level we meet each other, we, we'll meet each other at a human level. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm a great believer of peeling away the layers of identity and getting to the core. Um, and I think that I, I knew that part of my old self was running out of steam, uh, an identity wrapped around a husband, wrapped around... Mm -hmm worker wrapped around x y and z and and my notions of success hadn't really got me to where i felt i wanted to go and so you know the symptoms were exhaustion um overwhelm and uh you know and an ending of a of a long-term relationship and also as yeah my father died so you know there was a really kind of sense of like th there's something new that's offering me at the time of course i didn't think of it like that i just thought of it as like Ah, I, wanna, I don't want to be feeling these feelings. So, and um, here we have the dog now interrupting us. I knew she was. Yeah. just ignore the dog. That's part of part of life. Carry on. Exactly, Pop it is. Back to your bed. Um, this thing about success and these notions of success. This is really interesting, isn't it? Because we all have this thing about success, and everyone's everyone's out there trying to achieve something else. And I think the key bit you mentioned there about uh, about. Hoffman, if you're serious about change, because sometimes we're on that journey to, to what we think is success, whether we're building a business, running a life, whatever that means, we have this thing about what success is in the future. And sometimes it takes something serious to stop us in the tracks and help us sit up and listen and say, we've got to do something different. Yeah. And, and that's, I think, one of the biggest things that, that Hoffman did for me it was very much about me you know, sitting up and saying, what is it I want out of my life? What does that want out of my business? I've been running my own business at that time for best part of nine years, I think it was. So, so, so there was a journey there. And I see this so often with business owners, Adam, where they, they hit, uh, effectively, a, a, they, hit a, a, they, they, they hit a wall, they, hit the, the, they have to cross the chasm, whatever you want to call it, they hit something that's a serious intervention in their life and stops them dead. And I wonder whether that, you know, that, that comes up so often for people. Tell me a bit more about your journey around what that was and where you've been since possibly might be. Yeah. Worth about. yeah, well, thanks for mentioning that, Phil, because I think that sort of, you know, you, you raise a hand and put it like that. And, and I think there's a sort of wall and, and you know, it's this notion of like um, we can't solve problems at the same level of consciousness that created them. So, you know, actually pain is one of the great greatest teachers in life that actually mm -hmm. when we're experiencing, you know, issues around um resistance to something or, or, or a sense of overwhelm there's a deeper meaning for us yeah. there's a deeper lesson to go into um so i knew as a filmmaker at that time and and as i say coming out of a long-term relationship um with with two young boys um that i knew that the way i've been doing things wasn't going to work for me carrying on forward and i knew i needed some time apart to really look at that 
Um, you know, I'd always worked in the film and TV industry as, as a director, as a creative director. And I'd done really well in my career in terms of, you know, working at quite senior levels in quite large organizations. All looks great on the outside, but there was something wasn't right in the inside. And so, you know, over quite a number of years, I've been trying to work this out through different forms of therapy and different forms of, you know, processing and, and using different teachers and reading lots of books, shelf development. Mm. Um, I suppose, yeah, that's right. Um, so I felt that, you know, going on the Hoffman process would help connect me to, you know, kind of why I started in the first place and, and what it was. And, you know, the Hoffman process uses lots of different experiential techniques, but core to it is a sense of finding who our true identity was. And mm. in a way, for me, that's kind of what I'm doing with my clients now. I, I, I knew that I loved film and the particular thing I loved about filmmaking and actually more about when you watch a film, what happens when you go through on this cathartic journey, when you watch a really powerful movie or a film, you're taken on this emotional journey and you connect with the characters in the film. Now, obviously, lots of different genres of film, not all films work like this, but at this deepest level, film is very transformational. It's a storytelling device and you see characters and they go through change and the best films, you know, take you on that journey, the hero's journey. And I was experiencing on my own level of filmmaking, I was making commercials mainly, but mainly interview-based commercials with, for CNN, I was working for predominantly at the time and meeting and CEOs and celebrities and royalty around the world and interviewing them for CNN. But when I allowed the camera to, um, when I was really in connection with the interviewee, the camera was just showing this human being unblocking or un, un sharing more about themselves. And I was really interested in not just talking about, you know, what they wanted to talk about, but what were the deeper purpose? What was their natural instincts towards something? What were the things that they loved in themselves? And I just experienced many instances of people opening up and crying in front of the camera and different, um, different experiences of that. So I knew there was something special here, but I wanted to try and find that. So after the Hoffman process, I went on a a journey of, of going, trying different things out and developing a business where I realized that coaching was really at the heart of what I was doing as a director was I was opening someone up, mm. Say opening up. It sounds rather yeah. <laughs> like a surgeon, but Surgical. in a very empathic and um, protected way, allowing someone to be more, share more openly. I think that's the mm. key thing. And, and what I was noticing was, you know, also on social media, there was a sort of tendency of people to share, you know, this is me, aren't I great, wonderful. And I was always interested in what's the real story here. So I wanted to see if I could find a way to use the camera as a catalyst, mm, to helping people open up and particularly people that don't, didn't use social media or didn't particularly like doing it or didn't feel they could share really of themselves. So started developing a coaching process yeah. around the camera yeah. to, to help me do that. Uh, and that's what, that's kind of part of the journey of what's got me to where I am today. And I'd love to explore that in terms of that journey because there's a there's a there's a couple of things in there. But before we go on that track, I'd love yeah. to just to, to 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 rewind slightly. You mentioned hero's journey. I think there's something really key in there. Mm. Um, so so for anyone who doesn't know, Joseph Joseph, Joseph Campbell uh, looked at the, looked at a lot of movies and looked at where characters evolved from. Uh, and what he realised is there was always the hero who didn't believe themselves the hero in the first place. They were the person who was just a normal person. And then they discovered something on their, in their life at some stage, which enabled them or, or tasked them with going on a different direction. And they had to choose a different path. And they didn't believe they were on the right path at the right time. We'll come back to what that means, because that has mm. connotations for me and Adam as we're talking. 
but but the, the hero's journal takes people on that journey and they realize they have a lot more in them than they ever thought possible so they 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 realize something at core for them and and for me when i hear what you're talking about there adam in terms of that real story you talked about being a filmmaker and you know working with people like cnn and filming people and you mentioned that one of your key things was enabling people to open up and you stopped at that stage and you you, you laughed about it and said, you know it's that surgical thing and i think there's a really key bit in that because i often think about um people from a point of view you know we, we've evolved as human beings we still have the brains that we were started with many hundreds of thousands of years ago and and the, one of the key bits here is our software was installed on that date <laughs> when it died back at the beginning and I was thinking about this the other day. I was out walking my dog, and and this you'll understand the segue in a minute. Uh, I was out with my wife, and I was in front of my wife with the dog. And every time I got further away from her, the dog would stop and look back, wanting my wife to catch up. And someone just said, "It's the pack instinct on your dog." And I was thinking, my dog is six years old. She's never been in a pack. She was taken away from her mother at age nine, ten, whatever it is, a number of weeks. But she's got that instinct built into her to be part of that pack. Now that pack goes back to when she was a wolf at some past in there, you know, in the background, but there's an instinctive ability and an, an innate ability there where they've grown up with that view of that, how that's how they are. So fast forward that into humans, we have a set of software. And for anyone who's an engineer out there or anyone who has an iPhone or any other software, you'll, you'll know that your iPhone often updates itself and you come up with the latest iOS. And one of the problems with being humans is we don't often take time to update our software. Hmm. So we're running on outdated software that was set back many, many years ago. For most of us, you know, I'm 50 this year. Actually, my software is 50 years old. It was installed in 1970. <laughs> so therefore, I've got a duty now to make sure I update my software, to make sure I'm running on the 2021 version. But often we don't think about that until it's too late, and we just carry on running the same software with the same set of values, same set of beliefs. And therefore, we're never willing to open up because that's not what we do. That's a really so great... throw that in there as a, as yeah. a thought process. I, I really love that, um, what you shared, Phil. And I think it's a great analogy as well. And um, you know, wouldn't it be great if you could just buy it from the Apple, from the Apple yeah. store and update your iOS? I, I love the phrase, I love the saying from Carl Jung, until we make the unconscious conscious, mm. it rules our life and we call it fate. And for me, that's that level of, you know, this program that I'm running, you know, where, where has it come from? And is it, is it still serving me? And, mm. and what I love about the camera is we've heard of the expression, the camera never lies. So, you know, in a coaching session with a client, you know, I'll, I'll say what I can see because that's what I can see. And I'm, I'm the coach. So obviously I'm going to have a, a, you know, a very positive regard for, for my client, but it, it, it's a really useful way of like calling out like you, you might be thinking this in your head, but what's coming out is this. Mm. And also you can watch it back. You can watch the recording back and, and see what you notice. And what, what, what's great about that is you can start seeing sometimes the inner voice of the person who's got a hindering thought can see actually that's not real. <laughs> that inner voice is just in there. It's not outside me. Yeah. And I think it's really, really important to sort of confront some of those things. And when I talked about pain being a really great teacher, it is that sense of, um, you know, what barriers to change there can be. Yeah. Um, and, and there can be a lot of resistance because I think you're talking about old software. I think for some reason or other, biological, we want to stay with certainty. You know, we feel more comfortable. We're yeah. pack animals. We want to belong. I, I, I went on um, 
a uh, well, I can't remember what it's called now, a clubhouse. Club clubhouse oh, yeah. is the audio yeah. uh, version, um, audio thing, and it, it's a very noisy space. And I likened it to being in a playground, and like it's all that, all those, all the people, those all the cool people over there in the corner. I'm the shy one over here, and we kind of go back to these states of like. I want to belong. I want to be. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I think oh, this yeah. is really important part think, of who we are. It's been wanting to be fully seen and heard. Yeah, I think that's a really big thing, actually, isn't it? About that, you want to be part of something. Uh, and and I think about when you, when I think about um, so some of the key drivers that we all hold. One of them is the need for connection. Yeah. Because actually, we have to. We we want to be part of something. We want to be that connected individual. And everyone has those six human needs. Connection is just one of them. And I think that thing about, you know, being that pack animal, that's one of the things that I think links into that. Um, tell, tell me more, again, thinking about this, um, this bit about being behind the camera, because I think you said there, you know, the camera never lies. You as a, as a producer, you see through the lens, you can see what's going on. As a filmmaker, say, you see what's going on. So, so tell me about that journey you've been on in that case from, from sitting one side of the camera as a filmmaker to now coaching people. Mm. Tell me about that for you, because that's a bit of a journey itself. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I've been on a real, you know, uh, what I didn't realize was that actually part of my journey of, of starting this business and being a coach was that I needed to be more fully seen. And there's no, you know, sometimes we, 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 we put ourselves in a situation where we're going to learn the most through our own sense of discomfort and um, realizing quite early on in my, I launched the business last year, been sort of developing it prior to lockdown, but then when lockdown happened, it was, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't filming anymore. So it was an ideal opportunity to really start the business and quickly mm. realizing that in order that people knew what I did, I had to turn up in front of camera. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this is not something there's a good there's a reason why i was behind the camera because i was a i i felt much safer i didn't want to be seen and fully vulnerable in front of the lens yeah but of course you know i knew that as a coach i needed to be i need to play all out you know i can't i can't help others if i'm not being fully authentic myself so yeah i went on a very uncomfortable journey last year which has ended up me i go live every day every work day I've got a free community called the Camera Confidence Club, which I run on, on Zoom and on Facebook, which is for, for business owners to practice just being fully seen and heard. And it's a safe, supportive place for them to do that. It's a private group. Anyone can join, but it's not, you know, in this place. And, um, you know, I go in there every day to, to, to share well, of myself. And that, that's, that's actually built uh, some of my... Oh, actually, I don't like the word resilience because it sounds like a strong oak that won't break in storms. I think resilience for me is about I I, I test myself and I grow stronger through through being more of myself. Um, I don't yeah. try and be tough. I just actually try and be actually more soft in a way mm -hmm. and more more fully more fully heartfelt. That's interesting. So so there's something there, isn't there? This thing about um, I, I love this thing about you being you know you need to be fully seen. And whereas when you were behind the camera, people couldn't see you were hidden mm. because the camera's in the in the middle there. But now, you know, playing playing all out is one thing you've done where you've stepped in front of the camera, you've put yourself at risk effectively. For and, and you know, you're there, what's and all, as they say, everything in front of the camera, putting it out there. And and this thing about um, resilience, I think, is the key one, isn't it? Because you've tested yourself on a regular basis. And and, and I congratulate you. Hats off for you know getting out in front of that camera 
day in, day out, because a lot of people, a lot of business owners are still fearful of that. They hide behind something else, they make excuses. Uh, and I was on a call at lunchtime today with the trusted coach directory, and we were talking there about you know, one of the ways coaches let themselves down. And they let themselves down because they're not bringing their goodness to the world. They're not out there talking to people. They're hidden behind building their website or writing another article. Whereas actually they need to be connecting with people directly because that's where they can do their magic. At, at the heart of it. any great coaching relationship is a, is a relationship. Yeah. And, and, and the quickest way to stimulate that, I'm not saying to have one, but to stimulate that engagement is, is to share all of yourself and, and yeah. you know share live or on video what you do and what your flavor is because you know we can talk about what we do theoretically and from a mental state of view you know i am a transformational coach i do this i do that but actually when you're really working with someone it's it's it's, it's engaging on a much more intimate level mm. so yeah i do have a few coaches in my community who are practicing sharing more of themselves and 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 it's really interesting this sort of hindering thoughts that can go through people feeling like quite I talked to a psychotherapist about this and, and a lot of the fear of the camera can go back quite early on about you know who am I and and I don't feel you know like I'm I don't feel good enough this yeah. is one issue where I feel I'm going to be judged or criticized and very in one level very understandable but another level completely fictitious in the sense of made up stories that yeah. are stories we've created in order to keep ourselves safe so my question to anyone in that situation, in fact, we're doing a week this week, is like, what is your biggest fear and, and, and what is it teaching you? Yeah, and my, yeah. my offer to you is like, well, you know, who would you be beyond this? And, and how, you know, and how is that fear serving you? Because in nine times out of 10, it's not serving you at all. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, who would you be beyond this? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? Because actually that's saying about putting the fear aside and say, just stepping away from it. Yeah, because um, it's totally a mind made you know, it's the, it's the, uh, you know, the sort of power of thought, but, but it created in a way that's not going to serve you at all. So yeah. yeah. It's, um... I, and I think there's a big thing here about it. We often talk about ego being banded away and we're not going to get into the psychology of that, but at the end of the day, your ego is there for a number of different reasons. And, and one of those things is actually keeping you safe. You know, we, we talk about this in terms of our, our, our thinking processes about keeping us safe. So whether you were, you know, that small school child who didn't want to get up in stage, who the teacher was saying, come on, you can do it, Adam, you can get up there and talk, and you were terrified about it, or whether it's your parents making you stand up in front of people and talk. Actually, your ego saw fear at that stage mm. and, and wanted to keep you safe in different ways because it heard other people saying things, don't be shy, mm. or, or making other comments about you. And I think yeah. one of the key things there as we as we grow older is, we have this ability to question and those beliefs completely question ourselves and question you know, those things that are drummed into us as little children. Yeah. That's the way you do things. Yeah. And they are made up and they're, they're inherited mainly uh, or adopted from our environment. And that's one of the reasons I, I went back to my time in advertising. I was a creative director for different TV channels like discovery hallmark and national geographic. And I used the model of, of what um, very effective communication, which is a, a creative brief whenever you're creating a piece of advertising or communication you have six key elements if you get these nailed and very succinct you're, you're halfway there towards creating a really powerful piece of communication so i adapted that for my process which is camera c-a-m-e-r-a and the point about your e the ego phil is that what i do through this program we work it's an eight-week process we actually sort of reassemble who you are but on a sort of exterior level it's like what's your calling you know why are you 
doing what you're doing. So I, it's not about you. It's about who's your audience, who are you serving? What's your key yeah. message? How are you doing that? What's your empathy in terms of how you engage? And what are the responses you need from your communication? So I walk people through this process. And what I found is that when we kind of, you know, almost write that down and see that, oh, right, that's my purpose and that's who I'm serving and this is how I do it. Mm. It kind of stops you going inside your head every time you go live and say, no, no, I'm, I know who I am and who I'm serving now. So I can just play to that. Yeah. And I think when we get into service, true heart connected service, heart serve, serving service, um, we the ego just sort of gets gets automatic out of the way because we're we're in that sort of flow in terms of how we serve other people. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, isn't it? That's how we're into serving other people. Yeah. And I think that's a big thing as a as a coach, but also think about business owners in general. Mm. We set up businesses because we want to serve an audience. We get paid for the service we provide. Whoever we are, whatever company you are, mm. whether it's a product or a service. And therefore we need to think of how we're serving people. And I think too few people now think cognitively about the fact they are serving somebody by providing their product we yeah. get paid for doing that whatever we're doing whether it's a multi-billion pound contract or a small contract for a small coach we're getting paid for it yeah it's the and service we bring to the world that gets us that money and the business wouldn't exist without the customers and i think the key thing that i found a lot of advertising when i worked in advertising and now with sort of social media posts is people are thinking about what to say and how to say it. and i think it's not about you <laughs> it's not about you it's about the person that's receiving it and how can you how can you benefit them how can you serve them in terms of their psychological needs or their economical needs or, or their you know wherever your you know wherever your product or your service is, is landing it's in their heads so that the story lives so yeah work on the psychological level in terms of how you communicate um then it's not about you yeah and no, i agree it, you're right it's not about you not about you and it's interesting because i think this is the biggest thing that people have to get through and it comes back to this thing about um the voice in our head because that voice in our head is telling us it is about me it's about me because mm -hmm. my ego trying to put myself mm -hmm. out there doing things so i think from your perspective when you created your 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 camera process you talked about the the, the eight-week process you talked about going through these six steps if you were to say one of those is, is, is the strongest step, the one of the things you need to make work on more than anything else, what's the one that jumps out to you say, this is the one? Well, it's really interesting. The first thing that comes to, to my mind is um, the E of empathy. Um, and I love the Maya Angelou quote, people won't necessarily remember what you said, um, but they'll definitely remember how you made them feel. Yeah, yeah. And I think that when you're in an energetic place of service, and service isn't like, you know, humble, it's like, I'm, you know, at level of consciousness, this, this product or service is going through me. It's not about me. It's about, it's about the service I'm giving to the world. Mm. When we're truly in that state and energetically creating this empathic connection with our audience, special stuff happens. And we've all seen it on stage or on film when an actor is creating an amazing moment. You feel that. And so much of screen communication is nonverbal as well. So I work with my clients on that step in terms of, you know, what can you bring to the screen that's going to really create a great connection that's going to really make people want to listen and, and, you know, actually, yeah, click on the link or want to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's really, really key one, isn't it? Because there's lots of things there. Um, so, so let's just think about it, back to this piece in that case, empathy. You're right, that Maya Angelou quote is really key. It's how you make them feel, because I think that's the big thing. I don't want to rewind that a little bit to go back to Hoffman because Hoffman is a really feeling process and a lot of um, changes about feeling as well. 
because I think a lot of people they, they go into a change in a cognitive way mm. thinking they can change it as a as, as a uh, at a cognitive thinking way but mm. it's only, change only happens when you really start to feel and embody it mm. and I think that's one thing that, that Hoffman did for me five and a half years ago now was very much that um, getting in touch with the feelings and I say that from an interesting point of view. I, I use my iPhone analogy earlier, and I said, if you're an engineer, I'm an engineer by background. And, and as an engineer, two things happened. One is I was paid for the answers I gave, because for me, I worked for Rolls-Royce, and Rolls-Royce made engines. And if we got it wrong, planes fell out of the sky. Simple <laughs> as that. Therefore, I had to get the answers right. So I was drummed into me for an early age. What's the answer? Give me the answer. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's another side to that. And that is the feeling piece that coaches bring, because Coaches are there to ask questions. So mm. whereas before I was an engineer, I was paid for the answers I gave. Mm. Now I'm paid for the questions I ask. But we know that the biggest questions are the best questions, the ones that get into the feeling response. Mm. So mm. you really understand it. Because if you're just doing it at a cognitive level, yeah. change is never going to happen. Absolutely. They say, all well, buying decisions are made primarily on an emotional level. That's what I mean about as a coach, if you're not on screen, creating connection and, and, and sort of, you know, creating relationship on screen, you're really sort of not serving people because they'll want to feel how it's going to work with they want people want to know how it's going to feel working with you. You know what they always want to know what's in it for them. <laughs> now yeah. you can do that on a cognitive level, of course, you know, you, you'll need sort of, you know, well, I don't want to make sure it's right for me in terms of when and how and how much and all that but no primarily it's an emotional um decision so i mean that's a purely on a buying um perspective um but but you know from a position of of communication and how we interact as humans we're all energy and so our energetic state has a massive influence our physiognomy has a massive influence on how we how we how we communicate so you know as part of the hoffman process we we bashed a lot of our feelings out and we you know every breakfast i had to come up with like four adjectives for how i was feeling and as a man from a particular background of going to you know boarding school and, and raised in a particular way i i you know feelings weren't my natural state so it was a really good process for me to go through to realize that this whole sort of rainbow colored universe of emotions was available to me mm-hmm. and actually make me much more empathic um otherwise i was locked into a sort of level of like businesses about decision making and, and success and i need to do it like this because this is what the the, the world is telling me it needs to be like yeah. and what's really interesting phil i think we've had an uncertain year in 2020 and i think what's been really interesting to see how businesses have adapted to the level of uncertainty that coronavirus has brought us mm. and i think we've seen real sense of inspiration from leaders who are able to deal with uncertainty you know, and the vulnerability it takes to go out and say, you know what, I don't know, but this is our best guess. You know, as a leader, I'm going to, I'm going to put my, you know, hang my colors to the mast for want of a better Mm. metaphor. Mm. And I think vulnerability is a hugely powerful and very misunderstood notion in leadership. Um, Because often I go into leadership circles and talk about vulnerability, everyone wants to run away because they don't think it's, it's not, it doesn't sound very powerful, does it? You know, it's like power yeah. and leadership is power. Um, but it wasn't until I read Power Versus Force by David Hawkins that I realized that a lot of the way I've been doing the world in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s was about force, you know, advertising, marketing, you know, force our way, we'll, we'll tell people what we want, um, we'll create sort of desire, need, and hunger for things through advertising. And actually, power is about that inner certainty of like, 
this is who I am. This is what I stand for. And, and if you like it, come and join me on my journey, but I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm just going to be in my inner state, which, which I love. I think it's a very powerful place to be. And, and that thing about being in your inner state is that it creates that pull. It creates that attraction yeah. to you. And I, I think this is from a, from a business perspective, you know, we, we all, we all see marketing wherever we are. We, we, mm. we are inundated with it. And, and the best marketing is one that attracts you to it. You want to be part of it, which we all know that. But, but the key there comes to me is actually, you know, I always say Ignium is about working with businesses that have a purpose at heart. Mm. Uh, and those businesses that are purpose-led, and I always say above and beyond making money, because we all need to make money. That's, what, mm. that's what the world, how the world goes around. In, a, in the societies we live in, um, we need to make money. But actually, if you can do it in the service of the community, in the service of the world, in the service of something bigger than just making money, my belief is you'll get both. You'll get money and you'll do great great for the world. And you know what else? You're going to attract people to you because people mm. want to come and work for you and with you because of what you stand for. Mm. So to me, when people talk about being purpose-led, it's about two things. It's one, it's about having a purpose, which is, a, which is something that you, you buy into. But it's about activating this doing something mm. with it so it becomes alive and people can feel it um and i think this is one of the big things around you know how do we how do we connect to our values because people come really... to work for those reasons you know we have those values and they'll come to work for that so that's the that's what i'd like you just let's just talk around that because i think that's quite yeah. a, a tricky piece i think so and i think this notion of purpose is that i believe that the greatest purposes in life are larger than us so you know when we want to create um, you know, when we want to work for an organization, you know, often purpose might not be part of a decision of why we want to work there. And often I've worked for sort of what, what looked from the outside as being very purpose-led organizations in my career. And when I arrived, I realized actually the set of values that they were actually, um, you know, happening was actually happening in, in the day was, was very far from the external um, mm -hmm. perception of it. So there's that incongruity, I think. Yeah. And that's a very powerful thing in how we, um, are as, as humans that we, we we're congruous with our values and our purpose and that yeah. the way we turn up and I think that's where vulnerability can come in because when people see us like your ability to sort of be um, you know be wrong and to get things wrong and admit it can show a greater depth of um, I wouldn't say sincerity but honesty it's like hands up you know I've gone into my community every now and then gone hands up I'm I'm I've got confidence. I'm a confidence coach, if you like, but you know, I go through these journeys and it creates a really powerful because people just see, Oh yeah, you're one of us. Yeah. So yeah. we try and set ourselves up as sort of like a leader in this area of like, we're up here and we're wonderful. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, it's you're on the journey, you know, come, come with us. Cause you know, people are far more likely to follow you. If you're, if you feel like you belong to their, their tribe. And, and to me, that comes back to that word empathy, doesn't it? It's, um, you know, you mentioned in your in your camera confidence, you talk about empathy as being the one of the key things in there. It's about when you can have empathy, but really mean it as well, because too mm. too often we see people who who talk a good game, and as you say, you know, joining the business where you think their purpose there, but actually get in there, and they're not. Uh, mm. And I'm I'm just a, a, a client of mine had just given me this book, and it's called Leadership Is Language, uh, and it's written by a guy called David Marquet. Uh, and for those of you who don't know him, uh, he also wrote another book called Turn the Ship Around. Uh, and he was, um, he was one of the um, top US Navy captains. And in, in Turn the Ship Around, he was due to go on to the next posting onto another ship. 
but actually a submarine with a, a, a dysfunctional team, to put it mildly, became apparent. And he was posted to run this submarine. And what he realized is the keys to help him make the difference were the words he used, mm -hmm. how to engage people. Because actually him as a leader had to be down there with them to understand things. Mm. But he realized actually the words that he used were the things that mattered most in getting people to be on that journey. So I'm looking forward to reading that book. I haven't read it yet. It arrived on Saturday. Thank you um, to Chris for sending it to me. But that's one of the key things is how do, we, how do we engage people? How do we connect to them? And you mentioned about that vulnerability and you know, sometimes putting your hand up and say, I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure going to work hard to try and figure it out with you. Yeah. You know, this notion of coaching is like, you know, I'm here and, and I'll tell you what to do. Obviously, coaching doesn't tell at its best. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I call it more co-creation. You know, there's a gene. You talked about the hero's journey at the beginning. The hero is in all of us. Mm. I call it home. You know, we have home inside us. And, and part of what I hope to do is take my clients on a journey where we take apart the bits that have not been serving them, the sort of layers, the protecting devices, the way our ego gets us and, and bring us back to an essence of who we actually naturally are. And, 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 and on film, when that, when that happens, you see it. It's an amazing, mm. you know, you see true vulnerability on camera as an actor or a presenter. It can be really powerful. So my clients, it's like we, we, we take you almost back to where you started from to see it from different eyes. There's a great T.S. Eliot quote to take you home and see it as if for the first time to take you where you started. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think the thing is, is that it's all inside us. Mm. You know, all the truth of who we naturally are is already inside us. It's the process of teaching, coaching and, and, and the other sort of healing professions to help us remember that. Um, but, but never think that it's not, you're not capable never think that it's outside of you. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've been on my own journey of like thinking, you know, I went to the Hoffman process. I've been on lots of courses thinking, oh, gosh, this next coach, this next course will make me better. And in lots of ways, it's given me tools. You know, I wouldn't be talking yeah. here if I hadn't. Yeah done yeah. what I did but now I realize actually it's it's sort of simpler and much more complicated <laughs> than I ever thought it was simpler as in we've got that truth already in us the complicated yeah. bit is how we how we find that and yeah. and I think the gift in for me coaching is that is helping clients find that themselves yeah and it's really interesting isn't it because you know it's hero's journey and I hadn't prepared myself to talk about this in some ways but but when you think about the hero's journey there's part of the hero's journey where where the the, the protagonist you know has that calling whatever it might be and it's just about recognizing something was needed in their normal yeah. world yeah. refusing to, to to go on that journey because it wasn't for them they didn't feel they're good enough or they didn't feel like they had the skills to do it they didn't feel they were the right person other people have had all those stories we create for ourselves and then at some point on their journey, they meet, you know, in Star Wars, they meet the mentor, the Obi-Wan mm. Kenobi. And, and, you know, they, they, they find that person. And yeah. then they cross over to the other side and think, do you know what? I can do this. And they struggle with it. And they push back about it, against it. And they go through that ordeal. And I think one thing that Hoffman, in, in our conversation here, has done, and you mentioned about going back home, we all have those skills. They're not, they're not new to us we sometimes have just not recognized we have them in the first place. Yeah, we're often walking in shoes too small for us. That's a lovely one. And, yeah. and I think um, I love The Alchemist by Paolo Cicciolo. Mm. And he talks about your personal legend, you know, and we have that inside us from, you know, as we arrived on this 
you know, I'm a great believer in spiritual energy and that we, we have that latent inside of us when we, when we come to this planet and part of our personal legend is to find that, you know, and so often we're looking outside of ourselves, you know, for another relationship, mm. another, you know, another bit of money, yeah. <laughs> another property, yeah. another car, you know, and look, not making any, that's all fine and dandy in its own self, but it, it kind of, the effect runs off a bit. And I think the opportunity perhaps in the second half of life is to realize that we need to look at things differently from how we, how we created the first half of life yeah, and, yeah. and to think about how we can. And the thing about service is not that we need to, you know, be in service in a way of like running charity all the time, not that that's a good or bad thing, but that actually the, you know, really long running successful businesses are based on a true sense of service. You know, that the Quaker organizations from the 20th century and, be, and before were run on very, very moral ethical grounds. And I think I pray and hope that we're going to see a resurgence of that as, as I think that what I call the truth serum of coronavirus has happened, you know, it's been very painful, but I think it's shone a light on some of the inequities and yeah. inequities as well of the way that we're currently running, particularly in the West, I speak, yeah. you know, um, how capitalism by itself is not a, you know, it's not a fallible system. It's not a, but, but that we're looking at the systems and thinking, do these serve us well? Mm. Are, are we feeling well served? Mm. And, and, I, and I love that thing about um, the Quaker organizations, because it's, again, thinking about some of those uh, ideals that were set out, which was about, it wasn't just about making money. It was there about doing something good for society. It was about putting something back. Mm. And, and even if we look at, you know, some of the, um, the Roundtree Foundation, for example, mm. You know, th their mission is about doing things good. Yeah, and looking society. at and looking at all the different um, parts of the the triangle. You know, are we serving the communities in which we're based? Are we serving our clients? Are we serving our shareholders? Are we serving yeah. the the environment? Are we serving the planet? Yeah. So look at it holistically. So we're not measuring every benefit by our bottom line, our return yeah. investment. We're looking at the overall effect. Mm. Um, and I think that it's an integral approach to business, mm. an integral approach to, to investment and finance mm. is what is cried out for, that we look at it holistically. We look at business from a holistic point of view. And I think, you know, we're humans. And part of what the Hoffman process was about is look at holistically. We looked at our intellect, our emotional body, our spiritual body and our physical body. You know, and it talks about quadrinity. Mm. Um, mm. And I love working like that. I mean, I've noticed in the last months i've got to see you again phil you know you're very much into inspiration but also you're into exercise you know you're going out and like i remember you running in a costume in the marathon <laughs> and now you're doing but i think you know it's a great test of your own selfhood in a way if you know what i mean yeah. so you're putting yourself up against you're not pushing to the next it's not like about winning it's about how can i become a better self in terms mm. of how can I push myself to explore more of what is inside me anyway, yeah, which I yeah. really applaud. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting because I am, um, I use, and I'm glad you raised it. I, I, I used to think what I was doing was egotistical to my running and putting, putting silly costumes on to raise money. Um, but, I, but I, I realized that actually what I was doing was, you know, the costumes were just a way to me raise money to help people. Mm. And, and people knew I could run marathons. So I had to find a different way of doing it. And for anyone who wants to try it, going to run a marathon in a costume and winning a Guinness World Record is hard work. It's but, two years hard labour. But the reward was ten to fifteen thousand pounds of money to children with cancer. Yeah, and that's that was a benefit for me. And what you did was you stood out. Um, and I think this is the thing sometimes that we 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 play. Well, I talked about 
you know, being in shoes too small for us mm. is that the inner voice can keep us small. And so what I do in my community and my clients is like, you know, what is the larger picture here? You know, what costume can you put on and be truly seen to be noticed? Now, not in a, it doesn't have to be in a braggy way, but, you know, if you are a coach, how can you be the best coach in your sector in order to get noticed? Therefore, that people will come towards you, create relationships. And it's a win for you, a win for your client, a win for the universe. So, yeah. Yeah. Being but, Miss Smiley on the London Marathon. Yeah, yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Come on. Little, Little Miss Sunshine, sorry. Um, but, but the thing right there about being bold, isn't it? And again, let's come back to Hoffman. You know, that's yeah. where we connected. And, you know, we, we shared a room together for, for eight days. We didn't know about anything about each other. No. But we both took that step to go and do something. Um, you know, and, and I know you've got two boys who are growing up now. Um, and I've got two girls. And, and for me, the, there's something around challenging themselves. I think the world's a very different place. You know, 2021 is very different to what it was in 2016. We all know that for lots of reasons. But I hope that my kids, and I hope that your kids can do the same in terms of, you know, going out in the world in a different way to, to connect, but also realize, uh, realize they can be themselves from the start. Yeah, wonderful. I mean, wouldn't that be a fantastic legacy to leave any generation to know that they are well, I'd say perfect as they are, they don't need to fix anything and that they can play all out to be themselves. I think wonderful. And what a great legacy as a, as a parent to, to leave your kids to say, you know, you are truly unique in yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the, the challenges, you know, it's, a, it's probably the most communicated to generation ever. Uh, you know, social media for all its wonderful things can create a lot of anxiety around identity. Um, and I've talked to various young people's groups about, you know, how to bring yourself on camera and how, you know, what feels safe and psychological yeah. safety around that, I think yeah. is really important. Yeah. But the possibility they have as a generation to really affect long lasting change, yeah. I think is wonderful. And I think I love the George Bernard Shaw, you know, I want to pass this torch on to future generations. I want to be, you know, truly burnt out as it were yeah, yeah. Uh, or the playful out so there's nothing left of me at the end and i can pass yeah. that torch on to future generations yeah. and, and you know i think this is really interesting we could talk for ages about it and i think you know it, it all it all comes back around to hoffman for me in some ways is you know hoffman was about people getting people to recognize who they were and recognize they could be seen for themselves yeah uh, and i look at business owners today and i see a lot of business owners um you know, the, the, the types of business owners I love working with are those ambitious ones who really want to push their business forwards. They may, they, they may have made some decision at some stage in their journey to push themselves forwards, or they want to do something, but they just don't know how to do it. Mm. But either way, mm. they've made a decision. They've, they've, they've made that choice. And sometimes to, to, to build a business, you know, if I talked about purpose, sometimes your purpose could be to pass this business on, this torch yeah. on, as you said, to future generations to keep a lasting legacy that does something great for society but sometimes i think we we as business owners hold ourselves back because we're afraid and it comes back to those scars that we talk about you know from from being kids and growing up in in the environments we're in whether it's boarding school or standard school whatever it means whether you're at school in in the uk or in the us or in europe it doesn't matter you still go through that journey and i think there's something there around how do you enable people to pick up do things differently and and just look at the world differently and Hoffman was about that for me in some ways recognizing that I personally could get out and just do things differently recognizing that you know we talked about left and right road to me it was about recognizing the right road and realized that I was on the right road but then recognizing what does I need to do to keep myself there because one of the things we often have as a as, as an issue as human beings is actually 
recognizing when we're stepping off mm, mm, recognizing mm. when we're when we're doing something that isn't the right road for us but we've just been conditioned to take that road all the time so for us it's okay this is where i am today where do i want to be going and how do i keep myself there because mm. if i if i'm continually working as, as a coach i would say this but you know i believe everybody should have a coach like me or you beside them adam because sometimes it's that coach tapping you on the shoulder and saying have you reflected on this have you thought about where you are today have you thought about what this means for you in your individual life because until you do that you're not going to be able to take the right step forward because you're always going to be you know muddling on where someone just holding up the mirror to you and saying hey the way you are What's i think yeah it reminds me of king lear and, and he had the fool next to his side and the fool would always ask the uncomfortable questions of like you know why are you doing why are you dividing your kingdom up into four for your daughters and i'm not saying a coach is a fool but good coaching is about asking those deep questions you know and asking the uncomfortable questions and reminding us you know why did you get into business in the first place is yeah. this still serving yeah. you because yeah. if it's not is it time to change yeah. and i think you know i find that change is only as good as the level of discomfort that comes with it because often it's the invitation to letting go of yeah. part of us that's not fully serving us anymore yeah yeah i i, I think that's the thing and i think that letting go that's the key isn't it? it's only when you let go of what you had before but, but also remembering sometimes what you had before was also really powerful for you for sure and it because served actually, it served you in 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 that time then but it's now yeah. longer it's no longer in the moment so reminding us of that pictures in our heads it's no it's not here anymore you're here now right now yeah. and look yeah. you know it takes courage to let go of the past and not know what you're going to we are so often want to be in the future and like we want to know exactly how it's going to be it's like no no you have to start first here the first creation is in the mind yeah. and in the imagination start there and then build from there yeah yeah we're going to come to the end of our of our conversation of time and i'd love to i'd love to have you back on the show again because i think there's lots of things here we can talk about and um you know we made a list beforehand of some of the things we want to talk about and we've, we've covered off half of those there's another half to go um but but i'd love to just leave the audience now we, we've got say five minutes left to talk about some mm. of the some of the key things people can do to step forwards because we've talked about purpose we've talked about vulnerability we've talked about stepping up we've talked about hoffman we've talked about hero's journey we've talked about psychological safety what's the key things that you would give your clients your audience as a message to say this is the key things you need to start on where where, do, where would that take you if you were to think about from that perspective Oh, yeah, okay. No, but you know, I think it is. And I think it's like, sometimes we forget. And I love the artist way, um, the book mm, around a creative workshop, and some okay. of the practices in there, like using, you know, using your non dominant hand, you know, get curious to what's coming up in your dreams, get curious to your instincts and, 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 and get curious as to your feelings. So notice when things aren't feeling aligned, notice when you're feeling inspired by something. I, I you know, encourage my clients to take a walk because um, often the coaching sessions go quite deep. They need time to unpack things. So get curious as to what your intuition is telling you, basically. Yeah. Your subconscious always, always has a far deeper truth for you than your conscious mind. Um, and you know what? Be, be okay with moving into discomfort. So in terms, yeah. strictly in terms of camera stuff, it's like, I mean, that's why I set up the Camera Confidence Club because it's a very safe place for people to come and join. I set themes every week. It's free. It's no charge, and we have a live every week, so they get to know me. So they know I'm not a, you know, I'm not trying to sell them anything, and just get to practice being and see what comes up when you start talking in front of the camera and how you yeah. start sharing. It's gonna be really, I'll say, 
really uncomfortable to start with but once you start this process yeah. it's like be curious as to yeah. who's turning up and, and why you think you're so different from anyone else and actually i'm i'm powered by connections what you said earlier no. i believe we're all you know i've worked with people around the world in my filmmaking career different creeds classes countries cultures languages they all strip away when sometimes mm. we connect with each other deeply yeah. at a human level so yeah the more we find our common connection of humanity i think the more we yeah we find ourselves in our true relationship with each other yeah i love that bit there the more we connect with our common connection with humanity yeah i, I love that and, and and the reason i love that is for, for a number of different reasons but but i often talk with my business partner kerry about um bringing humanity back to business mm. because because i think so often we get wrapped up in business 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 for the sake of making money which we talked about already but actually that thing about humanity, recognizing the individual who's sitting with us and recognizing mm. the skills that they've got there and recognizing that we have a duty to help people, but also primarily to help ourselves. Mm. And it's only when we recognize that we can, and you know, let's come back to the analogy we talked just now with the, the hero journey, recognize we've all got that hero inside mm. Mm. to move our business forward and to do something different with it. So, so for you, you know, that, that bit about the artist's way, um, painting you know trying things with your left hand doing things differently because we've all got the ability to do it. we've just had it drummed into us that we don't do it that way for whatever reason it is yeah we can do it if we want to yeah we just haven't had to do it no and i think the last part in actually reminding me you're talking about business um phil is to be curious about your customers and to go and talk to them i'm working yeah. with a leader at the moment in the finance sector working with um credit and and you know my invitation to her is go and talk to the people that can't get credit that actually need to, to borrow money to pay for their rent each month, you know, go and have an, go, go and talk to them. You know, it's about lived experience and really see, and I think through that, A, you develop a real empathy for who the end customer is going to be mm -hmm. uh, and common humanity and feeling, you know, are we fully serving all the communities we serve? It's not just for shareholders, but also great stories come out. That, that can really connect us with our shared humanity. And that's why yeah. great films always will last because they connect with our deeper sense of who we really are as human beings and, and great stories do that. Yeah, and that's a lovely thing. And again, I'd love to have you back on the show to talk about that story because you know, yeah. you, you've spent, spent the first part of your life looking through the lens of the camera to, to look out at people's stories mm. and you're now helping people craft their stories so they yeah. can look into the lens with you guiding them along. And I think this is the key point. And I think, I think too many, too many business people, business leaders and business owners forget about the story they're telling. They just get mm. on doing things. And I think mm. this last 18 or so months of pandemic, whatever, however many months it is now, it seems like it's dragged on for a long time for all of us. Um, you know, there's, there's got to be a new way coming out of this, a new way we do business. Uh, and it's not going to be the old way. We can't go back to that. Mm. So how do we yeah. now build something that's, that's good for humanity, good for the, good for the world, good for our countries good for the people and actually making things work together i think is the, the, the real yeah. value that we'll get out of this and, and i believe that you know there we say every silver every cloud has a silver lining mm -hmm. to me there is a silver lining coming from this and and it's about understanding it and you know coming back to that hero's journey at some stage we'll come out with our new story and the new story about who we are because actually we'll come out with this 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 view of what the world is like and you know joseph campbell talks about at the end of it the hero comes back and he's got the elixir he's got the key to it but he didn't have that at the beginning and i think all of us on our journey now will come out the other way and we'll have this um holy grail whatever it might look like 
to enable us to do something else. So that would be my my we'll, takeaway for everybody. That's really love it. We'll find it inside ourselves, and ultimately, it's our own responsibility to create that. Um, you know, and if we don't do it, other people will do it for us, and it won't suit us. Yeah, so that. it's the leader's responsibility to create your own story and to yeah. live that fully. Yeah. Adam, on that note, I think it's a wonderful place to stop. So Adam Woods, camera confidence coach, film filmmaker, move to coaching. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And I thank look you. forward to doing this again. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. So thank you, Adam Woods. That was a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed talking through some of the journey that we've been on together, the Hoffman journey. And, and I love the fact you brought in the hero's journey, because to me, that was one of the, 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 the things that I've talked about in the past that I'd forgotten about. So thank you for that reminder. Um, and to you, audience, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope this has been an inspiration to you. My context for this was inspiration. I always talk about context. I wanted to give you some food for thought, things to think about that you could just bring into your own life, bring into your business. Adam is a coach. He's a camera confident coach. You can uh, you can look him up. The, the notes for the show notes will be in here in terms of how to find him. But the key is confidence coach. Adam's gone from sitting one side of the camera to sitting the other. He saw things through the lens. And that helped him see what was going on, see the things that brought tears to people's eyes when they got to them real selves. And I believe as business owners, that's what we need to be doing as well. We need to be connecting to the things that bring the tear to our eyes, not in a soft way, as something might say, but actually in a loving way to say, actually, business is about purpose. Business is about doing something great for humanity and society. And in the long run, we'll make more money as a result of that. But the key is it's about connecting. So when you can connect, you can do better. So if this podcast brings you inspiration, I'd love you to obviously give us a review as you always do. Um, I'd love you to make a comment to other people so we can get other people to listen to the show. Um, please pass it on. Feel free to share the link. We want to get the message out of how Sparks by Ignium can start changing the world, bring humanity back to business, re-spark your imagination, re-spark your business and ignite your fire if it's gone out. That's what we're all about. So this is Phil Rose, your podcast host for Sparks by Ignium. See you soon. So that concludes this episode of Sparks. Thanks for listening. We're always looking for ideas on how to drive this podcast forward. So if you've got comments, please leave them via a review of our show, along with your rating, or send us an email to sparks at igniumconsult.com.